0: The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, is where we will begin this morning. The Gospel of Mark and chapter 10. We uh, are in the season of epiphany. And epiphany is not just a, uh, a store down the road here that sells clothing. I saw that that is that is a reality. But rather, the term epiphany means appearing or manifestation. And it has to do with the appearing of Jesus. In particular, the appearing of Jesus to the Gentiles. That's one of the focal points, at least, of the season of Epiphany. And also His baptism. His baptism for all people. Because His baptism is not limited just to Jews. Or not just limited to males, as circumcision was. But rather, His baptism is open for all people. And we'll be celebrating and reaffirming our own baptismal vows next Sunday. Uh, a very special Sunday. And, and so we, um, it's really appropriate that we, that we do that during Epiphany and the beginning of the year. We're just again saying to God, you know what? We affirm what it is we did, uh, either so long ago or so recent ago. Let's look here in Mark ten at, a, at one, really one of my favorite. You know, I say this all the time, but but honestly, this is one of my more favorite miracles that Jesus does, especially in Mark. And and of all the blind healings, honestly, this really is my favorite one. And I, and I'll tell you why when we get to the point, and maybe you'll pick it up in the reading, but, but this, this really is my personal favorite healing story of, of a blind person. And his name is given too, which I think is, is, is interesting. So, notice this in Mark 10, and we'll pick up in verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, Let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that Mark recorded this event that took place in your life. Holy Spirit, You inspired these words. Would You once again inspire them in our own hearts this morning in this place of worship? Would You help us capture the beauty of Your holiness, we pray in Your name. Amen. We all... uh, have been in certain situations before where we just didn't see things. Now, now, we could see, you understand, but we couldn't see at the same time. Uh, maybe even it happened this morning as you were looking for your keys. Anybody ever had that to happen? It always happens when you're in a rush. Never, you know, just like getting behind somebody slow. It's always going to happen when you're in a rush. And you're trying to get out the door. You're looking for your keys. You're getting angry at everybody else and they're right there in plain sight, but you didn't see them. Uh, My wife, uh, every year, inevitably, will do this in the summertime. She'll be frantically looking for her glasses before we leave all the while on top of her head. Um, Sometimes we see, but we can't see at the same time. And this is really the case... That often happens in the Gospels. If you read through the four Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus' life that we have, what you're going to come in to find out is that people saw Him, but they didn't really see Him. People were around Him, but they didn't really know Him. The power of God was among them, and yet it was not accessible to them and many times in the church the same thing occurs Jesus is here His power is available and yet we somehow cannot access it we are not empowered by the Spirit even though the Spirit is here with power so why? Why is that? Well, over the course of the next five Sundays, uh, including this one, <clears throat> we're going to do, do something I think is pretty neat. And, and I, and I, I, I kind of changed up my title this morning, uh, thinking back through Star Wars, because last week I actually ended up watching the new Star Wars, The Force Awakened, you know, this week for me. And, uh, and so I actually finished, if you know anything about it, I talked about that a couple weeks back, and I finally finished. I'm all the way caught up, finally, after all these years of, of being out of the loop. Uh, and so what I want to call this, this, uh, this sermon series is actually The Faith Awakens. Now, how we're going to proceed, now that might be pithy and cool, whatever. I thought it up this morning in like five seconds. But nonetheless, uh, I had a different title for it and then all of a sudden it came to me and I thought it was really cool. I come in here running to Jessica in the bed and I'm like, hey look, you know, I woke her up and I'm like, I got this, you know. And she's like, yeah, okay, it's good, you know, whatever. Um, that being aside... Here's what we're going to do. Faith, oftentimes, we think, is something personal and unseen. Right or wrong? People, I mean, when people say, hey, you know, listen, you can be a person of faith, but just don't don't let that kind of stuff come out, right? Right. our culture tells us not to let it come out. Don't let it come out at work. Don't let it come out at a proper eating table. You know, faith should be something hidden, out of sight, invisible. After all, it's, it's belief. And belief is not something you can see. But is it? Is it? See, there's, there's, there's five senses that we have been equipped with by God. We can... And this morning we're talking about see, We can hear, touch, taste, and smell. That's it. Like that's what we're limited to is these five senses. I know there was a movie called Six Sense, but we don't have that. I see dead people. You know, we can't do that. Uh, we, we, we have five empirical senses. Touchable things that, that can be, be, be picked up by the human body. What I'm going to argue over the next five weeks is that we also have five spiritual senses that actually go along with those five uh, empirical, practical, uh, faith-based senses. So, the first being sight. So today is seeing faith. You can see faith. You actually can. You can see faith. This is not the only time in Mark where Jesus actually sees faith. You remember, I've preached this before and emphasized it before in Mark chapter 2 when, G, when the guy comes to the roof you know pretty, pretty famous story of, of Jesus the guy comes down paralyzed and it, what it says is Jesus saw their faith how? because of their actions you can see what someone believes it's lived out every single day now what we do And what's easy to do is say we believe certain things, but never live them out. You know what that's called? It's called hypocrisy. And nobody wants to be known as a hypocrite. No one. If we're going to have right belief, we must have right action. Honestly, your actions will speak up louder than your beliefs. In other words, people actually can see what you believe before you ever tell them. Your wife, your husband knows what it is you believe by the way you act. Your brother, your uncles, your family. It comes out. There's no way to hide belief. And without going into a discussion of what is belief and all the definitions and and all the possibilities, uh, suffice it to say, we must not only have our theology right, but our living right. And oftentimes our living is a better indication of what we believe than what we say we believe. I always use the illustration, you know, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm a very giving person. But if we were really to check your bank account. If we were really to check where you spend your time. Are you really a giving person? Or is that just something you made up in your head? It's easy to make stuff up in our head, isn't it? To believe things without any cost. It's a very different thing to count the cost. And still believe. So, where to begin? Well, in our story here, there are several things I want to highlight for us. The first of which is this we are blind, we're born blind, we're born unable to see everything. We don't know everything. We come into this world and we open up our eyes. And in a physical way and in a spiritual way, we have no idea what we're looking at. No idea what we've gotten ourselves into. No idea what's coming down the line or what to do. I mean, trust me. When you have a baby and you can go ask Paul and EJ right now. That baby does not know how to sleep. I don't know why. But we come out and we have no idea what we're doing. They don't know how to eat. They don't know how to use the restroom. Three things that you really want to know how to do as a human person, they don't know how to do. They have no clue. And so they cry about it. And we often cry about it. Thankfully, parents are there to teach. We have to constantly teach them how to go to bed. I mean, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world. You know, it's like every time, every night when, when we're getting people ready to go to bed, it's like they've never been to bed before. Is this something new? Like, I mean... I'm pretty sure that we've been doing this for nine years now. And you act like this is the first time you ever heard about it. we got to go to bed? Oh my goodness. You know, and it's just this long, drawn-out thing. We just don't know what we're doing when we come into this world. And because of the fall, and, and, and just go read today 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. What it will tell you is the God of this world, the enemy, Satan, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, has blinded us from the truth. Pulled the wool over our eyes. Put us in a prison that is unlocked, but we think we're doomed. Jesus unlocked the door. All we have to do is turn around. Repent. That's what repent means is to turn around. That's it. We can turn around, but we don't. We stay in our blindness. Now, you say, well, I'm I'm glad you're talking about those sinners because, man, you know, it's a bad thing out there. No, no, no. Let Let me rephrase. I'm saying you are blind. You say, hang on now, that's a big accusation. I'm saying I am blind. In other words, I cannot see it all. There are spots in my life that are blind spots. Do you know how that works in a car? I mean, you can be cruising down there, Check this mirror. Check that mirror. All right. Whoa! Where'd that guy come from? He's been there all along. It's a blind spot. I know we have little devices that try to help us out. Now, well, God has given us some devices. Each other. The light should come on. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we can't see everything. But other people can And as the church, we're supposed to help each other. Come alongside and say, you know what? I'm going to be praying for you on that. Not condemning you. We're we're blind because we have a log in our eye, but we think the log's in somebody else's eye. And it's really just a speck. You see, there's various stages of blindness. It doesn't mean you can't see at all. Doesn't mean you're not a person of faith. I'm not making that accusation at all. I'm saying the disciples were people of faith, and they still said, Who is this man in our boat that can stop the wind and waves? They could see, but they still were blind. Not until Pentecost are their eyes fully opened. And even then, they're still blind spots. This is a dark world. We need the light of Christ. Now, some are just plain and simply blind. They cannot see their need for God at all. There may be some here that just literally do not feel or see or sense a need for God at all in there. I've met people like that. I don't know how they live. I've never lived my life, and it's not a boastful thing. It's just, I've never lived my life. It's really a a confession of my weakness. But I've never lived my life without a need for God. I know my need for God. It is on a daily basis that I've messed up enough. I have sinned enough. I have done wrong enough to know my need for God. But some don't. And they don't see it. They are blind, as we say as a bat. And they go through life and they see no need at all for repentance or forgiveness or God. Now, there are others that are just simply distorted. They've got some light. Maybe they grew up in church. But they are distorted on the truth. They may have pieces of the truth. This is fascinating. As you learn about the world's religions, they're all going to have pieces of the truth. But they don't have the truth. Jesus. Pieces are not enough until the puzzle comes together. God wants us to be complete in Him. And the only way we're going to see without distortion, without the wrong, you know, whatever they call it, Glass for our glasses, you know, because I've looked in glasses. I don't need glasses, but I've looked in glasses before and man, everything gets jacked up for me. I mean, it's very distorted. My eyes start watering and all this other kind of stuff, you know, because I, I, I don't. That's a distortion. And a lot of people are looking through a prism, looking through a lens that is distorted. Maybe something happened in your past. Maybe something happened in the church and it has distorted Your view of God, your view of people, your view of forgiveness, your view of whatever. Some of us are just distorted. God can clean that up. He can help us see like He sees the world. Now some of us are blind in this way, and that is we have cataracts. Now I had to look that up. I don't really, you know, I'm not a doctor, don't claim to be. I know that ophthalmologist is an eye doctor because... Uh, ophthalmos actually is a Greek word and I know a little bit of Greek to get me in trouble at least but actually that word cataract it's etymology which if you know me I like words and I like their etymology which is the root of the word where the word come from where did it first get used how was it first used etc actually means waterfall a large waterfall now I don't know if you've ever been around a waterfall or not but a big waterfall you can't really see through it if you've got a waterfall going on in your eyes that's what a cataract looks like because I don't have a cataract you know don't that I know of, but I mean, you got a waterfall in your eyeball. That's that's not a good. That can't be a good thing, right? I mean, that cannot be a good thing. Uh, it, it causes blurred vision, uh, opaque vision, misty eye. You know, man, that's you're not going to be able to see properly. And some people in life, they've been so hurt by something or someone or an event or just the evil one, the enemy has got to them so much that their vision is blurred. They, they can kind of see. It's kind of like the guy, you remember the, one of the, there's another blind story where Jesus heals a guy and, and He touches him once, remember? And again, He says, can you see? And the guy says, yeah, I, I see people, but they look like trees. Well, He touched him again and he could see clearly. I think God gave us that. Because sometimes we get a touch from the Lord, we're saved, but we still can't really see clearly. There's still something obstructing Clarity. Still something that waters down our eyesight, our faith. Some of us are cross eyed. You know what that looks like, don't you? Right? We're looking down, we're looking in to ourselves. We can't see anybody else, we can't see God. Because we're looking in here only. You ever met somebody like that? Selfish? You ever been like that? You might as well say yes, because we all know it's true. There are times where we want to be selfish, where we deserve to be selfish, we think. But in the way of God, there is no room for selfish. The God of self is the God of this world, and that will only Blind us from the truth. (laughs) What truth? That you are a slave. A slave to yourself. Change up the matrix line a little bit. It's a direct quote actually, but I changed up the self part. You're slave to self. We all are. Until He releases us. Until, notice this, we are born again. Born anew. I mean, just imagine our child, Blakely. You know, she can hear my voice. She can. She responds to movement, touch, pain, light. But she can't see. Not in there, not like we can. But when she's born, those eyes will pop open. And over the course of the next few weeks, her vision will become clear. She'll see our face. She can hear us now. She can feel us pushing on her. Oh, look, she's moving. You know, and she can all that stuff. But when she's born, it's a completely new world for her. That's what God offers us, folks. We can be born again. The opaqueness of life, the mistiness of life, the, the gray of life, the darkness in life can be made light. If we are born of the Spirit, who can give us new eyes, new perspective, new vision, who can clean us up, who can help us see like Jesus sees. How do you do that? How do you get there? I think our story tells us very clearly. This is is where it gets to be my favorite There's really just a few things he does, and Jesus heals him. And there's a few things you can do, and Jesus will heal you. If you're tired of not seeing properly, of not having the eye of faith, here's the remedy. Cry out to God. (laughs) I mean, that's what he does, isn't it? Hey, somebody tells us, hey, you know what? Jesus come coming by our way. He's coming down our street today. I mean, by this point, Jesus was actually very popular. Very popular teacher, very well known. Known as a miracle worker. They say, hey, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. You know what he calls him? Not Jesus of Nazareth. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, he was steeped in the Old Testament. He knew who this was. This wasn't just a guy from Nazareth. This was somebody that the prophets talked about. This was the son that was supposed to sit on the throne, not just for a hundred years or a thousand years, but for all eternity. And he knew that. He was blind and he knew that. And here's disciples walking along with him, bebopping with him. They have no clue. They think he's going to take over Rome. Their vision was this big. His vision was the world. (laughs) good. cry out to God. That's all he did. Here's the problem. And I'm, I, look, I'm speaking about me. Here's my problem. It's most of the time I don't need God. Now you say, well, come on, man. I mean, you, Your every breath drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's get past the Sunday school answers. Be honest. How many times do you really feel like you can't even make the next step Without calling out to Jesus. I'm serious. Now, look, there's, I mean, really, there's been points in my life where things just get boring. Life just kind of going past you. You're just on cruise control. It's not a good place to be. It's actually a very dangerous place to be. A lot of affairs happen because people are just simply bored. Friendships are lost because eh, things are going well for me. No need to contact my friend and spill the beans. A lot of people die spiritually because they don't need God. They can't see their need for God. They can make the next step. They can pay the bills. They got the family. They got the job. Why do I need God? If you find yourself there, and many of us do, let's just be honest, many of us do, we need to cry out to God all the more. All the more. This is why Jesus says, guys, it is difficult for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. They don't need me. When I look around this room... I think we could probably categorize most of ourselves as rich. Now, again, we'd say, oh, no, you know, that that $500 million that person just won, whatever, that's rich. No, 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 no. Do some world travel, real quick. You'll see very quickly every one of us in this room, whether you're in the bottom class or not, we've got it made. We've got safety nets all over the place. If this fails, this will come into play. If this fails, listen, in India, I don't have that. You will die. You will cry out to God or one of the gods that they have over there, and they do, unfortunately. We just don't need God. This man knew he needed God. He knew he wasn't going to be able to go to work on Monday without God. He knew he wasn't going to have a vibrant marriage without God. Friends without God. Happiness without God. We fill ourselves with... I, I'm talking to myself. I fill myself with all this stuff that I think is going to satisfy and all these toys and gadgets we have. They just distract us from the truth. And the truth is happiness, joy, holiness is only found in our need for Jesus. Some of us have never cried out to Jesus. There was a point in my life where I could not even get started without just simply saying his name. I would sit in the shower and I was just petrified at what had happened, what had become of me, who I was. I remember lying in my bed at 17 feeling the exact same way. And I knew I could not do anything to help myself. Even my praying was going to be selfish if I did it. I cried out to God. Just said His name. Jesus. Jesus. An enemy coming against you. You feel like the floods of this world are about to swallow you. Just call His name. Jesus, cry out. And, and notice the crowd's like, hey, be quiet, man. Be quiet. We're trying to pay attention to the show. <laughs> he cries all the louder, doesn't he? Son of David, have mercy on me. Like, oh. You can see people getting frustrated, right? Maybe you would have gotten frustrated. I want to hear what he says, not you. And all of a sudden Jesus says, come here, big guy. Notice what he does now. <laughs> this is, he, he hears the call of Jesus. That's, that's, what, that's the next step. We cry out, then we listen for His call. Because He is calling. I believe God is speaking all the time if we would just listen. The problem is I don't listen. I don't stop to listen. I don't have the ears to hear. The eyes to see. You notice how many times Jesus says that in the Bible? He says, Guys, whoever has eyes to hear, or eyes to see, and ears to hear, let him hear. Let him see today. Because some of you just simply don't. Well, when that happens, when he hears Jesus calling him, you know what he does? He casts, takes off his coat, and he throws it to the side. Now, you know, he didn't wear a coat like this. But if I'm going to go running, yeah, I, I, I try to run and stuff a little bit. If I'm going to go run, I'm not going to run in something like this. Why? Because my movements are If I really did like this, the back of this thing would bust out. Be like, Chris Farley, a you know, fat man in a little coat. Uh, if you remember that move. Um, I'd bust this. Thing. No, I'm going to take this off so I have freedom. To, this is what he does. It says he leaped up. He throws his coat off, leaps up, and goes to Jesus. He wasn't messing around. Now, now just think about it. He is blind. Now how many times is a blind person going to just throw their coat off to the side? It says he cast it away. You think that's very often? Because I mean, he's going to have trouble getting back over there. Right? I'm just trying to think logically here. He believed that he wouldn't have to be searching for his coat. He'd see it. He believed that when he got up and went to Jesus, he was not going to be the same person that was sitting there calling out his name. He had faith. Now, he couldn't see, but he could see. He could see better than people who could see. A lot of us, because we're so well set in our finances, or we have a job, or we have a title, or we have a degree, we think we can see. Let me tell you something. There were some smart people around Jesus that thought they could see, and they missed God. They crucified God. Now, you, we can all sit here and say, oh, well, I wouldn't have done that. But you don't know that. And the indication in the Bible is that we were part of the crowd. No, he cast it away which is representative of us casting away ourself. To come to Jesus, you have to cast away your selfishness, your sin. What does Hebrews say? Lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily weighs us down, besets us. In other words, I don't go running. I, I, I try to get as little clothes on as I can when I go running. Now, I don't do the little short, short things like some people do. But I'm just saying, I don't wear pants when I go running. Or put on a backpack because I'm out there. Ah, ah, ah. No, when I go running, I want to be as light as I can be. And with, on this journey of faith, Jesus tells the disciples, Look, when you go downtown, don't bring anything with you. Don't bring some big backpack. I will provide for you. You're not going to take it to heaven anyway, are you? All this stuff, nice clothes, cars, jobs, all this. No, we're not going to take it to heaven. We don't really need it. Last thing he does is he knows what he wants when he gets to Jesus. So if you want to see today, I mean, wherever you are in all those bad eyesight things I gave, wherever you are, if you want to see better, Then, when you get to Jesus, after you cry out to Jesus, after you go to, after you cast aside all that stuff, and you go to Jesus, you need to know what you're going to ask Him. You need to know what you're asking for. You ever been in line, maybe at a fast food place or something, and you've been standing there for a while, and the guy in front of you has been standing there for a while, and he gets up there and he, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm like, dude, look. I don't know what in the world you've been doing for the past five minutes, but I already know what I want. You know, I'm getting angry, right? I'm ready to eat. I know what I want when I pull up to some place to eat. It doesn't take me no time. Somebody, you know, we sit down in a place, everybody's like, y'all ready to eat? Oh, I'm ready. Always. Doesn't matter. I just order something all of a sudden. Doesn't matter to me. You have to know what you want from God. Here's why. Here's why. He's not going to do it for you. He's not going to tell you what you want or need. You need to know what you need. If you don't know, you're still blind. His Spirit can illuminate us, show us things. But we have to ask Him to do it. This is Ask and you will receive. Right? It must be asked. You have to say it out of your mouth. Lord, I need sight today. I want to see my wife the way you see her. I need to see my husband the way you see her. I need to see my family members the way you see them. My co-workers. My church members. I do. I do. There have been times where I've not seen Jessica like God does. I've taken her love for granted. There's a time when I've taken my mother's love for granted. My brother, my father, your love for me for granted. We all have. There's times where we just get so self-focused God can help orient our sight. Give us the Spirit to help us see properly. All we have to do is ask. Let me see. I'm going to end with this story that I heard this summer. It's a very powerful story. I'm not going to be able to tell it as powerful as the guy did. The story of a a blind guy, literally, in our... In America, he's a songwriter, actually. Um, he's never seen anything in his life. Never. He was born blind. Nothing they can do medically. He'll be, born, he'll be blind till he dies. He can, however, see variations of light. So, like, he's got his eyes wide open, but it would be like for you closing them... And being able to say, okay, I'm looking at... Okay, it's a little brighter right here. It's a little darker right here. So he can see kind of variations. This guy got engaged. And the day of his wedding, he was standing there and it was outside wedding. <clears throat> of course, he, you know, he can't see anything but variations of light. But he said that he saw the shadow... Of his wife coming at him. He said it was the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful bride he'd ever seen. Just a variation. I wrote down in my notes even a shadow of his presence will change us forever. If we just get a little glimpse of God, it'll change us. You ever had that? Have you ever seen God at work in your life? You ever seen Him at work in others? Open your eyes. Open the eye of faith today. Cry out to Jesus and ask Him, Lord, let me have my sight. Cast away all the garbage. Here's what it says. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed Jesus on the way. The way. The way of truth. The way of life. The way of happiness. That is for you today. Let those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, see. Amen.